Welcome back, friends, to another Bible Lab series from Calvary Monument Bible Church. In this series, uh, titled, What Do We Mean By?, we're actually going to be exploring and unpacking some of the most common phrases and words that we use in the church that maybe we don't actually always take time to define the meaning of. And so this week, week one of What Do We Mean By?, we are going to be unpacking the definition of the gospel. When we use the word gospel in church, or when you hear the word gospel uh, really anywhere, what do we mean by that phrase or by that word, the gospel? Before we begin, let's take a moment to pray. Father, thank you for your time around the word that we have today. Lord, this term gospel is such a powerful word that's been used throughout the history of your people. And we pray that as we explore what this means to us, that you would guide and direct our time today, and that you might use it to help us grow in our love for you and those you place in our pathways. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the question today is, what do we mean by the gospel? And it's a great question, and uh, we can just look at some of the New Testament usages uh, right off the bat. It tells us in the Bible that uh, Jesus preached the gospel in Mark chapter 1 uh, verses 14 and 15. There's an example of the gospel that Jesus gives his disciples in the book of Matthew that we'll explore a little bit later. Paul actually proclaimed that the gospel was the power of God unto salvation and he also prioritized what the essential elements of the gospel were to the church in Corinth. And so we'll look at each of those passages in our time together today. But first, let's not overlook the reality that the word gospel was actually used uh, in the Old Testament as well. It was not used in the way that they used it in the New Testament, but, but the idea held the same. The word was balsar in the Old Testament, and I included uh, some places where it was used right down here for you to take a look at and explore on your own, and you can see how the word was used in the Old Testament. And it was used throughout the Old Testament, really starting in the book of 1 Samuel. Let's get to the New Testament usage of the word, though, which we want to really explore and unpack today. When we say gospel in the church, when we use that word, what do we mean? And let's take a look at some of the places where it's used in the New Testament. First, in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, and it said that he was proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so Jesus himself preached the gospel. So when we think about that, the gospel has to be more than just the finished work of Jesus. There's something to the gospel that Jesus himself actually taught. And could it be that part of the good news, part of the gospel, is the reality that Christ had come. The Messiah was here. Everything that the Old Testament had prophesied and promised had come true in the incarnation of Jesus. And so indeed, in, in some fashion, in some element, Jesus' physical ministry was presenting the gospel at all times. Good news. The promises made in the Old Testament are now fulfilled 
in Christ. But what about this example in Matthew chapter 26? Many of us will remember this scene. It's one of my favorite passages, really, in all of the Bible. Um, Jesus is at Bethany. He's in the house of Simon the leper. And this woman comes to him with this alabaster, alabaster flask of really expensive perfume. You remember the account? She pours it on his head uh, as he reclines at the table. His disciples get upset and indignant, and there's this whole scene. And finally, he responds in verse 13, Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed, in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So something of the behavior of this woman in this scene in Matthew chapter 26 is connected to the very core of the gospel itself. And so Jesus taught the gospel. Jesus demonstrated what an example of living the gospel might look like. What about Paul? And Paul carried the gospel into the early church. In Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it. So now we're going to get to this idea of the content. So let's look here. What are the contents? Let's write that down. For in it, that it is referring back to the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Now again, we're getting back to Jesus and the ministry of Jesus. Jesus indeed is the righteousness of God. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, one of the primary themes of the gospel, the righteous shall live by faith. Certainly what this woman was doing to Jesus, preparing him for his burial, back in the book of Matthew, also recorded in the gospel of John and the gospel of Mark, was an act of faith, was an act of love, encompassing some of the very core elements of the gospel. And then finally this, perhaps one of the uh, best and clearest examples and definitions uh, of, of the priorities and the core elements of the gospel. Right in the book of 1 Corinthians, right at the end, uh, if you want a passage that really unites the elements of the gospel, friends, this is it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and really verses 1 all the way to 7. We're just going to look at verses 1 to 5 today. Paul said, Now I would remind you, brothers, Remind you of what? Of the gospel, which I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. So the gospel can be preached, it can be received, and it can be stood upon. And also, as Paul had announced earlier, it was the power of God unto salvation. So in verse 2, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. And so this idea of gospel is attached to the word that Paul preached to the people 
in Corin. So, what is it? What is that word? And that is what is beautiful about verses 3 to 5. The foundational elements, the priorities of the gospel. And we know their priorities because Paul uses this word of first importance. These are the gospel priorities. Look in verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died according for Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. Look at how he repeats this over and over again. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve and then to more and more and more he goes on, all in accordance with the scriptures. So certainly there are elements of the gospel that are held up within the finished work of Jesus, that he died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day and appeared to many. So, with all of this in view, let's define what we mean why we, when we say the word gospel. And now this is a definition I like to use. It's not the definition everybody uses, but I believe it's, it's a fair definition from what we find in the scriptures. Here's the good news. Because of God's great passion for his glory and his great love for us, he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins, conquering death through his resurrection. All of this so that we might live a life compelled by Christ and motivated by love that glorifies God expressing itself by growing in a greater love for God and a greater love for each other. Friends, this is the gospel. I hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next week in part two of our What Do We Mean By series. Take care.